Before we start today, I want to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast, Certified Site Safety. This is a company that I am proud to recommend for patients of mine and anyone else seeking help in evaluating mold and other toxins that might be present in their home. If you've listened to a prior podcast of mine, Is Your Home Killing You?, you know that I interviewed Joe Reese, who is a true mold detective. Joe evaluates homes and has saved many of my patients from toxins in their home by evaluating them and teaching them how to remedy it. If you see or smell any effects of water damage in your home, Joe and his team at the Certified Site Safety are the team that you want. Their website is www.certifiedsitesafety.com. And Joe welcomes calls to even his cell phone, 914-437-5454. So many of us don't know where to turn when our home is making us sick. Now you know. Please contact Certified Site Safety, and Joe will help organize his team to remedy your problem. Welcome, everyone, to The Smartest Doctor in the Room. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Mitchell. Today, I'm going to talk about the impact of telemedicine, how this new type of medical visit will change or has changed medicine forever, for good and bad. Now, before we get into this, I just have to say, you know, I am dating myself, but this whole technology thing, it's like out of an episode of the Jetsons. Again, as I, again, the younger generation maybe never saw it or they saw a cartoon about George Jetson and his wife flying around in their like sort of drone automobile, you know, doing things we never imagined. Now we have essentially, you know, all this crazy technology like smartphones where you can have video and see another person. It, it's just changed everything. Now, Getting back to telemedicine, prior to the COVID pandemic, telemedicine was minimally used and in highly restricted situations. So, for example, the way it was done was, let's say there was a patient in a rural area of the United States that had complicated diabetes, and the patient's general doctor was having trouble managing the diabetes because the patient was getting complications, and they didn't really have access close by to a diabetic endocrinology specialist. So the way telemedicine would work was that the patient would actually go to the doctor's office. The doctor had hooked up to his computer to specialists around the country, maybe at the Mayo Clinic or you know some very academic institution, and they would review the patient's chart and hopefully give the patient better advice how to manage their care. So as you could tell, it was a really regulated and actually a very small percentage of people could still accommodate all of these things. So it didn't really go very far. Well, that all changed after COVID-19 began spreading throughout the United States uh, in early of March of 2020. I mean, the whole practice of medicine changed. So I want to discuss today, in my opinion, how the COVID pandemic unleashed the enormous potential of telemedicine in my own practice and for others, and also how in some ways it has taken away some of the the art of medicine. 
So I hope you'll see by the end of today's discussions, again, some of the incredible opportunities, innovations, which really in some ways has no limitations. So let's start with the good, the good aspects of telemedicine. So for sure, everybody appreciates the convenience. It's hard to beat seeing your doctor when you're laying around in your own sweatpants from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to travel anywhere. It's, it's almost like as good as having DoorDash bringing your food to your home. You don't have to deal with a doctor's waiting room with their old magazines or TV blasting. Judge Judy, which I always find awful. Trust me, you'll never find that in my office. Or just having to nervously wait in an exam room till you're called. I mean, essentially, with telemedicine, this is a virtual house call. The doctor is coming into your home through the computer. So this is pretty amazing. The next thing which has really transformed my practice is that there's no geographic barriers. One of the truly remarkable and beneficial changes with telemedicine that you can reach out on the internet and get an educational consult, which I'll explain what that is in a minute, anywhere in the country. So in my practice, for example, where I deal with a lot of complicated medical conditions like chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, mold, toxic mold syndrome, candida, food allergies, I can do initial uh, consults with patients all over the country. And I do that. I have people the other day from Florida, one from Oregon. And again, it's really an excellent type of uh, encounter because I can go over their complete medical record and advise them on you know whether I think they're being diagnosed properly and try to work with them to see if they're being treated properly. So this is now made... I guess almost like the internet has done for information. I mean, being able to Google anything. I know from my own relatives, they're always telling me, giving me medical advice because they, they Google their, <laughs> their own diagnoses. I tell them, be careful. But it, again, it really is transformational in so many ways. So let me just define also what an educational consult is at this time. And a lot of it has to do with the, the legal aspects of medical care in the country between states. But with an educational consult, a doctor can review your case. He can look at lab tests, radiology scans, and, and actually even give you a, an outline of how to work with your local doctors to get proper testing and maybe get the specialized treatments that you need. So uh, at this point, um, I believe even with COVID that you're not allowed to prescribe across, across state lines. And that is a little bit of a limitation. But again, it's so important that people are diagnosed properly and, and get on the right treatment regimen. So those are all really incredible opportunities with telemedicine. The other thing that I find and I enjoy doing an initial telemedicine consult, even if somebody's in the New York area where I am, it's wonderful to be able to speak to a patient without either of us wearing a mask. I, you know, I get to see their facial expressions and it's just a much more comfortable situation. Of course, you know, I'll keep on talking about COVID, 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 but again, by doing a telemedicine visit, you really limit your COVID exposure. You're not going on public transportation to get to that doctor's office. You're not waiting in a waiting room, potentially other sick patients. So I think that's another thing that's really uh, driven that even locally. You know, I have a lot of patients even in the New York area where they're busy at work or they're working remotely at home and they're busy there. They don't want to have to take the time out to, you know, get on a subway, go on a bus, take an Uber. 
to get to my office when we're essentially, you know, discussing their lab reports or their status, which can all be done very, you know, nicely through a telemedicine visit. Let's get to the bad about telemedicine. So you say, oh, wow, everything Dr. Mitchell just said sounds really good. What's, what's the bad? Well, I do like to make the analogy that said about sport, you know, sporting events. You know, watching a game on TV is not like being at the game. We all know when we, we attend our favorite event, whether it's a football game, a basketball game, there's a certain amount of palpable energy, you know, obviously in those stadiums. And that's obviously on a different level. But there is also, I can tell you, from being the patient when I go to a doctor's office or when patients come to me, which I'm really excited to see in the office, there's that certain palpable energy. And it's hard to define, and uh, but I think it's important. And I think it does help the relationship between the doctor and the patient. The other bad thing about telemedicine for the most part too, that there's no physical exam possible. So although the physical exam is possibly not as important today with all the technology we have with CAT scans and MRIs, I still enjoy doing a physical exam on a patient. I think that doctor-patient healing touch, so to speak, is important. And again, that's lost uh, with telemedicine. Now, there are also certain areas where you really have to be very careful or it's really almost impossible to do a telemedicine visit. And this would include, I would say, dermatology. I think it's very important if you have a, a, a mole, you know, a, a hyperpigma, a colored lesion on your skin that needs to be evaluated very carefully by a dermatologist in person. I think sometimes photos can be helpful, but are not the same. Obviously, ophthalmology with their equipment, they need to have you looking right, you know, looking right into their eye until, again, technology gets a little better at that. And of course, orthopedics, you know, when you sprain your ankle or you got to make sure it's not an ankle tear um, so that, again, that's something where there really is no substitution for an in-person evaluation. The other area where you have to be really careful, and we're going to get into a couple of, you know, areas of this, is that, you know, urgent care or ER issues really are best handled, of course, in person. If somebody has chest pain, shortness of breath, possibly a severe migraine, this really has to be evaluated in person. You, you know, it is a hassle going to, you know, urgent care or ERs, but you really need to be properly evaluated because these things are particularly or possibly very dangerous and can be foreshadowing something else that's, you know, that is more of a risk and you should evaluate. Another negative, that I think th this is the tricky one, where you have to be so careful in telemedicine. I say, beware of the, quote, mail order medicine. And I'm hearing a lot of this lately. So what do I mean? Many companies now are essentially promoting their products, and they have their doctors do the cursory work of just kind of approving the medicine. And, you know, you're hearing a lot of these things now with hair loss for men, uh, even erectile dysfunction for men. I just saw an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about it. There was a company that essentially was promoting Adderall prescriptions. So they were doing ads on TikTok and Facebook and just, you know, getting the doctors to write for it. And now they're they're pulling back. I think that you have to be really careful when you're dealing with these essentially companies that are promoting medical care. It sounds convenient and, oh, gosh, I don't have to be busy with a, a doctor, you know, paying for their visit or whatever. But this is not, in the long run, necessarily good for you. You know, one of the things I like to tell patients is something I thought a lot about. What is the most dangerous 
products or medicines that you can get in a pharmacy. And many people would think, oh, it must be if it's a cancer drug or you know, maybe a heart disease drug, they may have a lot of side effects. To me, the most dangerous products in a pharmacy are the over-the-counter products. You know, and you say, well, why? And what I have found in practice is that so many patients self-diagnose and overuse these medications that a lot of times are masking a deeper problem. So for example, if somebody's taking Advil or Tylenol every day, it's like, oh, I have headaches, my back hurts. They may have something else underlying it. And you know, the fact that you can go to a pharmacy and just pick these things up puts you at risk. And I, I always warn patients about that. The other thing too, for example, is you know, when patients who have, oh, I have a bad stomach and they're taking Tums or Alka-Seltzers or Pepto-Bismol all the time, God forbid, they could have an ulcer, you know, or a cancer. And again, I think that's, that's where the danger of the over-the-counter products are. And unfortunately, you know, your doctor doesn't get a list of those things uh, the way they do have a list of your prescribed medications. So that, that's really my analogy there. Going back to some other difficult things with telemedicine, I mean, you can't obviously do lab testing from your bedroom. Uh, you need to do that in a doctor's office. But you can go, and I do this with patients that are out of state and or even in the New York area, we can send them a prescription lab slip to go to, you know, major labs such as Quest or LabCorp so that they um, can get the script and then I can review the labs with them. Um, and again, I guess, and finally, the, you know, obviously the other negative to some degree in telemedicine is that there's no procedures or treatments that obviously can be done, <laughs> at least up till now, uh, over the computer. Final thing that I just was going to mention was that uh, about the camera. Is it your friend or your foe? Uh, I find it, and I'm sure a lot of, of my patients do who work remotely, that being in front of a camera all day long has two negative things. One, the real Zoom fatigue. It's a real thing. I know this even myself. I, I get so excited when there's a patient in the office versus doing back-to-back -back Zoom consults because there's just something a little bit draining about staring at a screen all day long uh, and not having that direct patient interaction. So it's kind of a good idea to, to kind of move around, walk around. But again, it's one of the, again, to me, a negative of of the telemedicine. And the other thing too, like all of us, uh, I heard plastic surgery consults are up because everybody gets tired of looking at themselves. And uh you know, if we don't know all of us have professional makeup artists making us look real good um, for all of our appearances on screen. So, you know, those are kind of one of the minor, minor things. Um, I think the final thing is, and I'm interested, you know, to anything that the listeners have to, you know, to mention is that I'm always searching to innovate in my practice. And, and right now, my next goal is how to make uh, the Zoom telemedicine consults I do with patients more effective, more worthwhile. Uh, I'm trying in some ways to make it like a, quote, high-tech house call. Maybe one day it'll almost be like being in the office. So those are my thoughts on telemedicine. And as I said, I'd, I'd love to hear your comments at um, The Smartest Doctor in the Room. If you send some of your, uh, your questions or thoughts, I would definitely you know, love to respond to them. I hope you'll stay tuned next week. I'm really excited. This podcast is going to be with Amy Stevens and Joelle Porsche. 
two uh, nutritional dietitians that we're going to discuss the best diets for athletes and how to lose weight. So thanks again for listening and uh, have a great week.